This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 12, 2017. Broken Dreams Restored. Broken, busted, shattered, smashed, fractured, fragmented, split, splintered, demolished, destroyed, wrecked, ruined, mangled, mutilated. No matter what word you use to substitute, broken is still broken. Yeah. That's our focus from now till Easter, broken. You, me, us, and the rest of humanity. Broken. Our Our focus this morning is broken dreams. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, it is a a privilege, and we're so humbled to be able to share your message this morning. A story about how you came and changed and transformed um, some people because of your compassion, Lord. That was just incredible. Open our hearts that we might hear your word and be changed and transformed by it. I pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered and said, Amen. Amen. And so today we're talking about the beginning of the chapter of 7 in the book of Luke. Luke is found in the Bible, in the second half of the Bible, in the New Testament. And it shares about the ministry and life of Jesus Christ. Here in chapter 7, we have this one-two combo of where we see Jesus sharing some incredible compassion with people. It's really not the first time that we see compassion of Jesus in this uh, chapter, and it certainly is not the last. There is some significance to this, though. What we see first in the beginning is how one story builds upon the other. Jesus shares compassion um, in the first story with someone outside of the faith, and in the second story with someone inside of the faith. Mm. So the first part of chapter 7, verses 1 through 10, we're told of a Roman centurion, an officer in the Roman army, who sent Jewish elders to Jesus, asking that Jesus would heal the centurion's most valued servant. Now, the Hebrew elders share with Jesus that this, this Roman soldier, this particular soldier, deserved to have Jesus do this as he loved the Hebrew nation, as he helped them build their synagogue. The officer had such faith that after that initial sending, of the, of the elders, he sends some other friends to tell Jesus that Jesus doesn't even need to come to the house. Uh, in fact, the centurion says he doesn't deserve for Jesus to come under his roof. That's how humble he is. He says he knows that Jesus can heal from a distance with a mere word. Well, Jesus is taken aback by the centurion's faith. I mean, this is not one of the Hebrew people. This is a Roman centurion, and let, yet he has the faith that Jesus can heal from a distance with just a word, and that's exactly what Jesus does. This is quite a story. It is a story of faith, faith of an outsider, the one who we would not normally think would be faithful in Jesus. Remember, Jesus is a, um, a Jewish rabbi 
and we're talking about a Roman soldier. I mean, the two of them together just doesn't seem to mix. And Jesus, in his itineracy, that's his wandering ministry, um, he comes upon this centurion. And um, Jesus knows what's going to happen to him. I mean, Jesus knows everything, but he shares compassion with this Roman soldier. Just think about it. It's the Roman soldiers that beat Jesus and hung him on a cross. And still, he has compassion to this man, uh, this man's request. Here we see Jesus who has... um, Compassion for people beyond Israel, beyond the Jews. Jesus cares for all people, Jews and non-Jews. That's great news for us. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As, as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. And then he went up and touched the bier that they were carrying him on, and the, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. Great prophet has appeared among us. They said, God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. And so the writer Luke um, immediately follows the story of the centurion with a story of even greater miraculous proportion. Jesus and his disciples enter the town of Nain and a funeral procession is going by. It's the funeral of a young man and even more so the funeral of a young man whose mother is already a widow. Jesus's heart goes out to her. Another version of scripture, the message version says Jesus's heart broke for this woman. He showed great compassion toward the mother, and he looked at her and said, Don't cry. Can you just feel the love, feel the compassion in those words? Don't cry. And for good reason. Parents are not supposed to bury their children. That is just out of order. As hard as it is, children adults or young. We bury parents, but it is not the reverse. That doesn't seem to be how life is supposed to go. Even if a parent dies prematurely, even if it's a tragedy, it still is out of order. Children bury their parents, not the other way around. Mm. And that's especially true if the child's young. Um, Now, we lost a couple of children through miscarriage, but we never have lost a child that was actually born. And so we don't actually know what that grief is. Um, have an inkling, when I was 13, <clears throat> my best friend died. And um, it's ironic how God works, as I had this already written, and then yesterday, a Facebook post by his sister 
reminded me that March 11th was Chucky's birthday. So yesterday he would have been 63. I, um, I can't imagine what his mom and dad and siblings, how it's affected them, because I know it's had a lifelong effect on me. Um, his mom and dad and, and sisters, people of great faith, and so I'm sure the loss of this son, brother, at times is still a source of grief and loss 50 years later. 50 years later. Something that's never, I'm sure, never quite made sense. Something, something you never fully recover from. You know, for those of you here today who have lost a child, our hearts go out to you. We, we can't even begin to know uh, the depth of your pain from that loss. We... We mourn for you. In the case of the mother in in this story, there's an added dimension of her loss. She was a widow, and so she already didn't have a husband, and it was up to her son to care for her and to provide for her, and now her son was gone. And so... Uh, you know, this is not 2017. This is a couple thousand years ago, and life for women was very different back then. There was really no opportunity, and you know, the women were defined pretty much by by their men, and so she had no one. Her husband was gone. Her son is now gone. Now, in Scripture, we read that you know, brothers or uncles or other male relatives would have cared for the widow. But in this case, we don't see anybody else coming on the scene. So this woman was all alone. In that place, in that time, it was a very difficult position for her to be in. And so she's broken. She's broken emotionally, I'm sure psychologically, soon to be financially broken and probably spiritually broken as well, at least at the moment. You know, if you're a parent, you can't help but think ahead future of your children. Is there an amen on that? You kind of look ahead, you plan, you hope, you dream, and, and in this case, all those hope, plans, and dreams, gone. Gone. And not just her dreams for him, her dreams for herself as well. The one she depended on, the one who was going to care for her, the one she loved, was no longer here. And so when he died, it took not only his future but hers as well. Broken dreams. So it's no wonder that Jesus came on the scene. It's no wonder that Jesus' heart went out to her, that Jesus' heart broke for her. Jesus knew. Jesus knew the situation. Jesus knew her grief. And he knew what her future looked like without her son. And so his words went out to her. Don't cry. Hmm. The young man was being carried on what's called a beer. Now that's kind of a wicker stretcher on which they would carry the body. No casket especially no closed casket. The body would have been wrapped in a burial shroud, like a linen sheet, face exposed. 
The men would take turns sharing the honor and privilege of being the pallbearers. They were on their way to the burial grounds that would be in some caves a few miles outside of town where all the dead were buried. Jesus touched the bier, and the bearers stopped and stood still. Then Jesus went up and touched the bier. They were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. I don't know how many times I've read this story over the years. I'm very familiar with it, but every time I just, I just can't imagine what it must have been like to be in that funeral procession that day. Can you? I mean, here's this guy. He's dead and gone. Jesus says the word, and he sits up and starts talking. That must have been wild. We, we thought last week, cutting a hole in the roof and lowering a guy down by, you know, four guys lowering him down the paralyzed guy. We thought that was pretty mad. I think this one trumps that one all to pieces. Oh, my goodness. Get up. And he does. And he begins to talk. And then, and then just such a great line. Jesus gave him back to his mother. I mean, it's not just, it's not physically. I mean, it's emotionally giving him back financially given back, psychologically, spiritually. In other words, restoring mom as well as restoring the young man, restoring mom to the place she had prior to this young man dying, restored, the, the dreams that were broken, restored. Wow. This is not the first time in Scripture where that we see someone raised from the dead. In the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, there are two prophets. Their names are very similar, Elijah and Elisha. And they also returned dead sons to their mothers. In Mm -hmm. fact, the story of Elijah closely mirrors our story today as the mother was a widow as well. And so the people in the funeral procession procession that day with the widow of Nain, they were familiar with the Hebrew scriptures. They were familiar with the Old Testament. They had possibly heard about um, Elijah restoring or raising someone from the dead. They may have read it, but this time they saw it with their very eyes. They saw it played out, how Jesus raised the young man from the dead and gives him back to his mother, broken dreams, now restored. Broken dreams, we all have them from time to time. Broken for one reason or another. The widow from Nains were broken with the death of her son. When, when Jesus saw her, his heart went out to her. His heart broke along with her heart, along with her broken dreams. This is an important part of today's message. Hear this, when, when your dreams are broken, Jesus' heart goes out to you as well. Because Jesus cares about your dreams. Maybe yours were broken because of death. Maybe illness. Maybe because of a broken relationship. Maybe your dreams were broken because of something you didn't do. 
Maybe they're broken because of something you did do. Maybe they're broke because of a change, change of financial status, change in location, change in job, change in family, change in friends. Whatever, whatever the reason, the dreams sometimes are broken. And, and when they're broken, here's a little word of caution. We have to be careful because the disappointment of too many broken dreams can lead us to stop dreaming because we don't want to have our dreams broken again. Even though our dreams may be broken, here's the good news. They don't have to stay that way. They don't have to stay that way, especially when Jesus is part of the mix. Jesus is in the restoration business. Jesus wants to restore you and your dreams. Jesus restored the dreams of the widow at Nain, and Jesus can restore your dreams and mine as well. I mean, he gave the son back to the widow. We're not sure how your dreams will be restored. They may not look like what you might want, but Jesus does restore. It could be through a sense of peace. It could be through um, feeling joy again in the midst of chaos. It could be all kinds of ways. It might look different than what we're asking for or longing for or hoping for, but Jesus will restore. It will be according to what Jesus does, not our plan. We're not God. Jesus is God. And in some cases, and maybe more than some, in many cases, Jesus' restoration even looks better than what we could imagine. Because our minds are like in this little box and, and Christ sees the big deal picture and, and can just take the pieces. I have this visual of, of my heart being shattered, and it has a number of times, in a million little pieces and just taking one piece, putting it together, putting it together, putting it together. And eventually, I felt whole again. I felt restored. That not... You know, things didn't get better, but my heart did. That's how Jesus restores, if we let him. Hmm. We often say around here, God doesn't waste a hurt. And we wouldn't say that God necessarily broke your dreams, but God can certainly take those broken dreams and bring something good out of them somehow. Some way, maybe, maybe, maybe you're you're broken because of a lost job. I don't know. Maybe Jesus has a job in store that gives you more time with your family and more time with Him. Or maybe He's got a place of employment that needs a Christ follower <laughs> in the middle of that company. Maybe maybe you're broken because of a change in uh, location. Maybe that change is going to allow you to to use your spiritual gifts like you've never used them before. And maybe you're broken because of a change in financial status. Maybe Jesus wants you to get a different job where there's maybe less emphasis on money and more on relationship. Let's focus on job and maybe more on him. I don't know, but Jesus has it in. He's got it in hand.
Several months ago, we had a town hall meeting. It was on a Monday night. A number of you were here. And we were at the point in the, in the life of our church where it felt like dreams were broken, one obstacle after another. And during that time, we had gotten, we had sent out uh, bids to three different builders, and we had gotten uh, their cost for the project, and it was $2 million over what we ever dreamed. And so that seemed like a deal breaker. It seemed like we were done and our dreams were broken. And that's where God shows up again and again and again. Obstacle after obstacle after obstacle is filled with miracle after miracle after miracle. The $2 million gap was went out the window when uh, our builder, PHB, came on the scene and, and showed us a different plan and took over. And so here we are today, and who would have imagined? We never thought we were told that we couldn't get a $3.8 million loan, and guess what? We did, because God made it happen. It's nothing about us. It's all about God. And so the dream has been restored, and we get to be a part of that, and we get to be a part of the legacy, and not just about us, but about generations to come. That's the cool thing. We get to be a part of God's dream that is Becoming a reality. God is so good. Amen. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. So Jesus restored the, uh, the dream for the widow at Nain. He restored the dream for us here in the 301 Project. Uh, he's restored personal dreams, I'm sure. You've had dreams that Christ has restored. You know, ultimately what Jesus wants to restore is our relationship with God. That relationship that gets broken through our sin. And it's Jesus and Jesus alone who can restore that relationship with God because he's in a position to pay the price for that. Since sin always costs something. If you look in the Old Testament, they paid the price for sin with sacrifice, Right? And those sacrifices involved blood. They sacrificed an animal to pay the price of sin. They don't do that anymore, but we don't have to because the ultimate blood price was paid by Christ when he hung on a cross, when he died for you and for me. Paid a price that we can't pay. We, we ain't got that much to give. But he did. He gave his whole life for you and for me. So that that price would be paid. So that we might be restored to that relationship with God. He and he alone can restore us to that ultimate relationship when it gets broken. When that dream gets broken. And the thing is, we don't really have to do anything except stop saying no. You know, we, we put, I got it. I got it. I got it. Trust me. You ain't got it. <laughs> We're not that good. But Christ is. So all we got to do is say, here I am, Lord. I need a Savior. 
I realize I'm not him. Please be my Savior. Come into my life. Restore my dream. That's all we got to do. If you've done that before, you know what I'm talking about. Keep doing it. <laughs> if you've never done it, today might be the day. I would encourage you to let, make today the day. Why would you put it off any longer? You can do it right in your seat. If you see somebody next to you, go like this. Don't get He's not trying to smack you. They're just saying, Lord, here I am. You can come up to the steps. God loves it when we're on our knees. Uh, Mike, uh, you guys ready to pray for somebody back there? Cool. Yeah, they'd love to pray with you, love to walk you through it. Lord, here I am. I can't save myself. I need you, Lord. Wow. And that's just the beginning of a life restored. Because Jesus will take you and get ever closer, ever closer to the person God intended when God first thought of you as we travel through life with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Broken. Restored. That's the good news of Jesus. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for this. These stories in chapter 7 of Luke help us read our Bibles. Uh, make time, Lord. Show us a way to use our time so that we can get to know you more as we read our, our Bibles. Lord, thank you for the, um, the way that you show us that you're in the restoration business. And in that restoring, it might not happen the way we think. But Lord, you're still at work. You're on the throne. You are the great I am. And we thank you and praise you for giving life and breath, a purpose and a plan. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered and said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people.